the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Um, back in action, so to speak, after Labor Day. I saw two Labradors being walked. I was like, oh, it's a Labrador weekend. Uh, love the labs. But those are big animals. With the Labor Day weekend in the rearview mirror... A lot of people are returning for work, a little groggy, a little tired, a little sunburned. Although hurricanes on the East Coast made sure not too many people got to the beaches and got fried. Um, Big one coming up the Pacific Coast now. That'll be interesting. Um, The aura of resilience this morning is attributed uh, to some M&A activity, which has featured Enbridge acquiring Spectra Energy in a $28 billion stock deal. Donaher buying Cephid for $53 a share in cash at a rough value of about $4 billion. Bayer's advanced negotiations, negotiations to acquire Monsanto. So do a quick bit of math there. There's billions and billions and billions of dollars of, of business trying to be done. Um, there is still some feeling out there, feeling out for the market, which has been thinly traded. Um, you know, as we put summer vacation behind us, a big question will be, do we, do the traders return positive or do the traders turn negative? And this is a market that just has not been, uh, able to pull back. In large part, the central bankers' policies of low interest rates continue to push the markets from the lower left to the upper right. There isn't much in the way of economic data today. The ISM non-manufacturing index for August is out. And again, this isn't, I'm not going to say it's not important, but the first Friday of every month is so important. And we just came off the first Friday and we saw the average hourly work week for Americans turn down um, pretty significantly, one-fifth of one percent. Uh, and you do that math and you're like, whoa, 
that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of dollars. Uh, when you start thinking about how many millions and millions of people are actually out there working. Ten-year Treasury sits at 1.56%. The two-year Treasury sits at 0.76%. 30-year Treasury sits at 2.2%. Treasury yields tumble after the ISM Services Index data today. So um, that's worthy of note. And again, everyone's kind of paying attention at this point in time to the year, how we've done, where we're going. Um, and that kind of transition, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, the transition from summertime laws to what's going to be going on during, uh, now that back to school is behind us, we're now starting to think, oh, Christmas is right around the corner, and we'll be paying attention to that. So the economic data will be watched. Um, some of the things along the lanes, uh, the lines of like uh, Apple, the new phone's going to be announced tomorrow. Maybe they got something up their sleeve. I'll tell you what happened that was great for them. Samsung phones started blowing up. And you got to admit, that's a pretty good thing for them. <laughs> I know it sounds like... Um, really? Yeah. Um, Philippine leader uh, Duterte, uh, he regrets calling Obama a son of a whore. Um, we live in a really brutal, brutal political climate at this point in time. Uh, just my opinion. So, And I don't think that helps anyone as far as build sort of a nice consensus on where we're going. GE's buying two 3D printing firms. Um, General Electric today said it's acquired two European 3D printing firms for $1.4 billion. They're going to buy Sweden's RCAM and Germany's SLM solutions in a move that could put pressure on other aircraft component makers, including Rolls-Royce and United Technologies. Both RCAM and SLM solutions manufacture machines that can print metal parts used in aircraft components such as turbines. 3D printing or additive manufacturing will drive new levels of productivity for GE, including a wide array of additive manufacturing customers uh, and for the industrial world overall, so says CEO Jeffrey Emmelt. That's kind of interesting. Uh, when we first saw 3D printing come out a few years ago, um, some pretty cool things. First and foremost, like my dentist is like, hey, let me show you how a cap is made now. Um, maybe a veneer, I'm, I'm not sure, or a crown. I don't know. Um... But to watch the, the machine work and was pretty impressive and very futuristic. Like if you saw it in a, uh, a science fiction movie, you'd be like, that, that makes sense. Uh, so we went from like, hey, maybe we can mel- make uh, prosthetics for soldiers. Uh, very unique prosthetics for soldiers. And now we're learning we can make jet engines. So pretty cool. Volkswagen said it's going to take a minority stake in Navistar International, a move to broaden the German automaker's U.S. footprint while expanding its global truck market operations. BW plans to invest $256 million in Navistar, a 12% premium to Friday's closing. It's going to have the right to appoint two directors to Navistar's board. And Navistar anticipates annual cost savings of about $200 million because of this deal within five years. So Volkswagen trying to stay relevant in the U.S. market. Fair, not the relevant. It's what makes a car a Volkswagen. It's not that they're not relevant. It's that they've had some hiccups. 
Um, the plan also signals that VW executives feel confident enough to expand strategically in the U.S., even as they work through the fallout from a scandal over the rigging of emissions tests on many of VW's most popular passenger cars. VW, a German company, is a powerhouse in the global truck market, particularly in Europe and Brazil. But it doesn't sell many large commercial trucks in the United States. Navistar draws most of its sales from the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. So VW not quite dead yet. Um, Fox News anchor Greta Van Susteren is leaving the network after 14 years. Um, that's kind of big news today. And also that Fox has settled Gretchen Carlson's claim for $20 million against Roger Ailes. So Fox has agreed to apologize to Gretchen Carlson. A lot of backstabbing in the news game. I mean, you have to watch your back. During her tenure at Fox News, Gretchen exhibited the highest standards of journalism and professionalism, the company said. And you can imagine that everyone's saying everything as nice as possible, uh, especially since Roger Ailes has been fired and sacked and moved, moved along. So he's not having much to say in the situation or the scenario. Uh, taking a look at some of the final thoughts, um, it should be a good morning to take a look on what direction we think the market's going to go in the near future. Um, as we do that transition again from the summer to the fall. Uh, don't forget, i got a big event coming up on Saturday. A little underattended again. A little disappointing. So I'd like to see some people sign up today for the Retirement Wealth Planning event in San Rafael, September 10th. You can sign up at the event for the Four Points by Sheraton San Rafael at robblackshow.com. It's Saturday, September 10th from 9 to noon. Um, a lot of talk on retirement and wealth planning. Chad Burton, CFP, is going to discuss why retirement and wealth planning are more complicated than ever. Uh, he's going to break it down for you. He's going to answer your questions. I'm going to talk about some wealth creation and some dividend stock ideas, uh, things that I've recently bought and why. It's my only trip up to Marin for the seminar season, and it's the second and last seminar for the year. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. If you need a free entry code, Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com, or just enter retire123. AM 1220, KDOW. Retirement needs a plan. It's hard to know where to begin, but focusing on just a few essential issues will increase your chances of enjoying a secure future. On Saturday, September 10th, learn winning strategies from two of the Bay Area's leading financial experts when Rob Black and certified financial planner Chad Burton present a special wealth management and retirement event in Marin. Retirement and wealth planning has become more complicated than ever, but at this event, Chad Burton will break it down for you and provide sensible solutions for reaching your retirement goals. Rob Black will give you an in-depth look at dividend stocks and outline his 20 steps to financial freedom. Plus, attorney and well-known author Michelle Lerman will explain how to update your estate plan for 2016. Don't miss this special retirement and wealth planning event in Marin with Chad Burton and Rob Black, 9 to noon on Saturday, September 10th at the Four Points by Sheraton San Rafael. Space is limited, so reserve your spot today online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Rob Black now 
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. BuzzFeed, their popular app, their grouping as, in me- as media ultimately turns video-centric. I think this is actually kind of busy, is kind of important. Um, to look at the business models that are, are pushing, there's nothing Facebook, Apple, Verizon, AT&T want more then for you to stop reading news. And let's face it, aren't we kind of living in a world now where people's handwriting skills are deteriorating quickly? Uh, people's grammar deteriorating quickly because of text messaging? Would it surprise you to think that our ability to even read might start to decline as we just start watching videos? 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, all four of those big companies would benefit in large part as video consumes a lot more, a lot more data, and uh, pushing their devices and pushing their platforms for engagement. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget to get a big event coming up this Saturday in San Rafael, the Four Points by Sheraton San Rafael. It's on retirement, wealth planning, wealth creation a little bit. Um, I'm going to go over 20 steps that you need to get kind of financial freedom. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Free event password is retire123. It's retire123. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton and talk a little about that exact topic right here, right now. Welcome in, CFP Chad Burton. He is with NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him online, NewFocusFinancial.com. You can find him here on the airwaves between 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock on KDOW, his show, New Focus on Wealth. Now, California is the land of opportunity, and California has created a lot of real estate wealth. For people who have been in the state 10, 20, 30, 40 years, they've probably done well if they've owned a home for more than 15. A lot of Californians are going to be house rich in retirement. Some of them are going to be stock option rich. Some of them are going to be 401k rich. Some of them will be a combination of the, the, the three. What do we need to know about being house rich in retirement? I get ready for a massive move in America where people are going to be downsizing their home in the next 20 years. You have so many baby boomers that are drastically undersaved for retirement, underprepared for retirement. Um, if they live in the Bay Area, likely if they're, they're one of these people in these studies that have undersaved, they're going to eventually having to tap their home in a reverse mortgage or or move out of the state, move out of the country even. Uh, so studies I've seen, Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies did one where only one in ten people make a calculation in their lifetime of how long their money's going to last. Okay. Other studies by Retirement Institute and other places have said that uh, of the people that do have 401k balances, the average person that has a 401k balance is only projected to save enough to replace 60% of their income. Okay. So hopefully their house is paid off by retirement so that they can have the option to tap some equity, sell it, move it, whatever it may be. That's one of the best things about owning a home is you pay yourself rent, which means you're paying yourself equity. And after 10, 20, 30 years, hopefully it's added up to a a, a situation where maybe that equity you've paid yourself can now be turned into rent that you're paying to someone else, or maybe it's you just stay in the house. but. Yeah, the, unfortunately, the, the affordability factor is an issue, too, because you get a 50-year-old 
wanting to buy a home, and it's gotten so expensive that they'll stop funding their 401k because they think it's such a great idea to buy a home. Right. Which is a huge mistake. Right. If you can't afford to max out your 401k and buy that house, you're not ready to buy that house. I'm seeing a lot of people under 35 doing exactly what you're saying. They're not buying the house. Some of them are maxing out the 401k, some of them aren't, but that's really important to you. Um, to have the nest egg totally separate than the home that you live in or the place that you rent. Yeah. yeah I mean, start working out of college, save 15% of pay while you're saving for that slush fund for that first home. You could even do that in your Roth IRA if you wanted to and, and build up, get used to saving that 15% of pay so that you know, if I continue to do that, that's what I need to be able to retire. This home will just supplement my retirement, or maybe it'll take a couple of years off my retirement if I get it paid off early, you know, 30 years down the road. You have to take some time to do some calculations. You have to continue to be able to save money into your 401k. Take the time to, to not be these one in 10 people that don't run these calculations of how much they need in retirement. If you're going to run calculations, where should you go to see these calculations? Because let's say my house is worth a million dollars equity. I don't know how long that's. I I guess on the radio I say it's forty thousand dollars a year till the day I die. But how do I figure this out? You know, if you can't figure it out on a basic level, that's when you it's worth to pay maybe an hourly CFP, somebody that charges by the hour to to do these projections for you. If you don't have the assets yet to have a wealth manager do it as part of the wealth management program, um, because the online calculators don't do a good job in analyzing your tax situation. And forcing you to actually think about things like what are your health care costs in retirement. So people will just take their current expenses and and assume that they don't pay almost any taxes based on these online calculators. And they, they get disappointed. They're, they do a very poor job, unfortunately. You know, the more I talk to you, the more I get intimidated by making decisions in retirement. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, but at the same time, we also tell younger people that, you know, you start by saving that 15 to 20% of pay yeah. in total stock market index, international and emerging market indexes. If you do that, you can do a lot of things on your own until you get that first hundred to $250,000 saved up. Make sure you have your disability insurance and you're saving, you know, 15 to 20% of pay. You're going to be wealthy when you're 65. You just have to put your head down and do it. Okay. So when I threw out that intimidation thing, I was kind of saying that it, it's complicated, like figuring out the value of your home and how many years of, income that can translate into it's intimidating yeah for, that's what for the average person that's what happens once you build up a certain amount of assets you become just as nervous about making mistakes as you know picking the next mutual fund so then you become worried about taxes because that starts eating and you see oh my gosh i'm paying all this money on my because of my 1099s i'm getting um so that's when you you seek out the professional help Seek out the professional help. You can find Shaft Burton at CF. Uh, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. But you can find Chad Burton at chadburton.com as well. And again, come meet CFP Chad Burton myself at the Four Points by Sheraton in San Rafael, Saturday, September 10th. That's coming up this Saturday, September 10th, 9 to noon. A little bit on retirement planning, a little bit on wealth preservation. Uh, Going to discuss why retirement wealth planning are more complicated than ever. Going to talk about Social Security, outliving your savings, low interest rate environments. I saw one analyst today predict another five years of negative interest rates in some countries around the world. So this is going to have some ramifications. And it's not yet done playing out, and it changes the way you play retirement. You can sign up for the event at the Four Points by Sheraton San Rafael by going to... 
robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com, and there's a little link on the right. And, uh, it says upcoming events and seminars. Super easy. Talk to you soon. Sign up at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Event coming up on Saturday, September 10th, a couple days after my sister's birthday. Who's turning 40? Um, she should come to the event, except for she lives on the East Coast. CFP Chad Burton will be in San Rafael along with me and others talking uh, retirement and wealth planning. You can sign up for the event at robblackshow.com. CFP Chad Burton, how are you? Doing great. How are you? Doing good. It's It's good to have a long weekend and come back and have a big event to look forward to. At the event, you're going to be discussing which accounts to draw from first. Um, I would imagine that there's some tax consequences that you're going to use. Uh, sometimes it's good to hit the IRA first, the individual retirement account, and sometimes it's good to wait till later. Give me a couple of examples of, of different scenarios and how they play out. Well, sure. If you have over half of your saved assets in IRAs, so you have the basic person has you know pre-tax money in a 401k or IRA that has not yet been taxed plus some funds outside of that that's either in mutual funds stocks ETFs or cash so if you have at least half of your assets saved in IRA or more or 401k anything pre-tax so half of it pre-taxed from in in savings you should look at drawing from your IRA first or converting it into a Roth IRA portion over time. So what I mean by that is that everybody gets so focused on on uh, uh, you know the tax deferral, and I don't want to touch my IRA. And then at 70 and a half, they get hammered with required minimum distribution, so they don't fight the problem early on in retirement. Um, so you either you, you got to realize that you can take a lot of money, a six-figure income, and still be at a 15% federal bracket in many cases. Uh, so look at either drawing from the IRA first or making partial conversions. So you might get to the end of the year, you might meet with your CPA in November, and they might say, hey, you have $10,000 left at this existing tax bracket, so either draw it out of your IRA if you need it to spend it or convert it to a Roth. But if you're that person that actually has way more money in regular accounts versus pre-tax IRAs or 401Ks, you got to look at it two ways, Rob. you got to say, okay, if I have barely enough to retire, then just leave it alone. Leave the IRAs alone and let them continue to defer, continue to, to grow compound interest over time. 
But if you have more than enough to retire, again, you want to look at potentially converting that to a Roth over time. But you've got to be careful in that scenario. If you're that person that has barely enough to retire, and you might even be capping your house someday to be able to retire, before you just say, oh, Chad said i got to look at converting my IRA to a Roth or drawing on it right away, you have to be careful of Social Security taxation because that will come into play. But in, in, in either of those cases, you, you have to yes. monitor cash flow. You've got to look at taxes each and every year and meet with your CPA before the end of the year. That's pretty frustrating because there's so much going on in retirement. You don't quite get to enjoy it till you make some decisions, take some decisions, create a plan. And most people just want to celebrate that they're not working anymore. Um, from Medicare to Medicaid to Medi-Cal to Social Security taxes to... Uh, which counts drawn. There's a lot going on. Um, is it possible to avoid Social Security taxation in the Bay Area and still live a decent life? Well, I mean, there, it depends on what you'd say is a decent life. I mean, if um, you don't spend a lot of money, yeah. But if you travel and take normal vacations and eat out and you know buy those bottles of wine, it's pretty difficult because if you're single and your modified adjusted gross income plus one half of your social security it's a ridiculous calculation but if that number one half of your social security plus your modified adjusted gross income is over 32,000 then uh, 85% of your social security taxation that number if you're married filing jointly isn't double that it's 42,000 so even your tax free income and half your social security income counts towards that calculation so you can basically assume, if you've got a decent retirement in the Bay Area, that 85% of your Social Security check is going to be taxable, which seems silly because it came out as a tax and it's going to get taxed again. Um, so yeah, there's some frustrating taxes in retirement for sure. It's, it's frustrating time. And I, it, again, they, our mental capacity goes down as we age, in my opinion. Some people will argue that, but uh, it just... You have to work with a professional if you want to do it right. Uh, there's a ton of talk in financial media regarding the DOL, Department of Labor, rule, and being a fiduciary. That came out, was that earlier this year or late last year? Um, how's that work? Well, it's, it's not really kicking into enforcement until next year, and there's all sorts of lawsuits on it because... The the idea in general is great. I mean, we've been marketing the term fiduciary for years. Um, Tony Robbins, it's, it's such a big issue, and the side of the business where we act as a fiduciary, put our interests aside and put the client's best interest first, that, you know, that's how we started the company. Um, it's, I got out of the commission-based business to do that, and then now Tony Robbins is even in this type of business. But... Um, what is going on, though, unfortunately in America, is a lot of people are being conned into rolling their 401ks over into IRAs inside commission-based products, whether that be commission-based mutual funds or wrap accounts with fees of well over 2% or crappy annuities. And most annuities that have any kind of a surrender charge, 99% of annuities are bad. And you know they're really bad when they have a big surrender charge. Um, that you can't get out of. So anytime a person is going to take a distribution from a 401k and roll it to an IRA, anytime an IRA owner is going to transfer an IRA to an advisor, anytime a, a person that has an IRA, basically it has to do with 401k rollovers, Rob. They have to put the differences in fees in writing and prove they're a fiduciary. If not, 
then they're going to have to do this BICE form. So there's ways that people are going to get around it. And there's just signatures that people are going to have to sign. And it, it, it's still not perfect, but it's on the right track. One of those slimy people who pushes the conversion would uh, spies a lot of time on KBR, the sports station around here, but I won't say his name. If you want to meet CFP Chad Burton and myself, four points by Sheraton San Rafael this Saturday, September 10th from 9 to noon. You can sign up for it at newfocusfinancial.com. If you need free entry, punch in the code RETIRE123. RobBlack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Let's bring in the one, the only, Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good to be back with you. Good end of summer, Teal. And uh, what's that mean to you, and what do you think it means to the markets these days? Great. Well, uh, hopefully it means that we uh, see things kind of get back to uh, business, if you will. Um, uh, the, as far as looking at the stock market specifically, you've seen it a really thinly traded market over uh, the last, um, you know, four to six weeks, really. Um, you know, it's just I think everyone just kind of trying to sit back and waiting to see what what all is going to unfold with respect to. Um, uh, monetary policy uh, around the world. Um, there's, you know, three central banks uh, in particular having meetings this this month. Uh, the European Central Bank, which has one this Thursday, uh, and then both the Bank of Japan and the Federal Reserve, which meet uh, on the same days, incidentally, um, September 20th and 21st uh, this month. And so, what goes on at those meetings, I think, is going to help stir this market back into action in a certain respect and hopefully uh, invite uh, stronger levels of liquidity um, that come with an increase, uh, you know, with a pickup in trading volume. So we saw the labor report come out on Friday, and sometimes I really wish I could talk to you on the first Friday of the month. Uh, What did you see in those labor numbers, uh, positive, negatives? What were the tea leaves? Right. Uh, you know, it actually was the subject of my big picture column that I published on Friday, um, and I essentially called it a maddening employment report um, because, you know, it wasn't strong enough nor was it weak enough to really pr- provide us any closure in terms of what the Fed is likely to do at its meeting this month uh, uh, and as it relates to, you know, the timing of that next rate hike. But, you know, I, I think if you take a step back, you know, if you're looking at just, you know, payroll growth, it's, it, yeah, it disappointed relative to consensus estimates, which were probably inflated just because the last two months were so good. Uh, but in any event, a little bit disappointing, but take a step back from that, 151,000 jobs uh, created non-farm payrolls uh, brought the three-month average to 232,000, right? So it's not uh, not terrible there. But surprisingly, uh, we saw a, a a drop off in average hourly earnings growth and and the average um, work week, uh, which was a bit surprising, that fell down to 34.3 hours from 34.4 hours in July. Um, so I think 
in, you know, taking everything together, I do think, you know, the Fed is likely to continue to stay in its very cautious mindset and, and refrain from raising rates in September. But, um, but I could see, you know, an outside shot that they still go ahead uh, and raise. Uh, the report wasn't abysmal, um, but, um, but I think the Fed and everyone else was hoping it would be uh, unreservedly strong. So there was no question whatsoever in terms of what they should and could do in September. Speaking of September, um, shortly thereafter is the elections. I think we're down to like the last 60 rough days. I saw a new poll out today, and it's likely voters versus registered voters. It's pretty close. But in one of the two polls, Trump was leading. In one of the two polls, Hillary was leading. Uh, do you think Wall Street is going to be paying a lot of attention to Main Street and who gets into the White House, or, is, or will we deal with that as it, it unfolds? Uh, you know, I think that the market, because it has been just sort of um, kind of meandering through the, the summer here without a lot of uh, trading volume, but I do think it will get a little bit more responsive here uh, as the election draws nearer uh, to polling numbers. Um, you know, I think uh, without trying to sound too partisan, I think that the general view of the market is that um, Mrs. Clinton is the front runner. Um, some polls that, you know, dispute that, uh, admittedly so. But I think that the, the market anyway is, is trying to um, price in an environment where, you know, ultimately, you know, she ends up winning the election. Um, and I think that if we get close to the election and you start seeing polling numbers that favor Mr. Trump, uh, or at least making it look like it's, you know, maybe even a dead heat, um, I'm not so sure that the market is comfortable um, with uh, Mr. Trump being elected president, and I think it could react a little bit more negatively than it would if uh, if those polling numbers still continue to favor Mrs. Clinton. So, um, so I don't think it, you know you'll you'll know more obviously after that first Tuesday in November. But as we get closer here, and knowing the volatility you saw uh, leading up to, uh, for instance, the Brexit vote with all of the polling back and forth, um, we could see a repeat of that. I think uh, as it comes into the into the actual election day. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, hurricane season, shark-biting season, uh, Trump and Clinton season, so a lot going on. Um, I saw the services sector took a big hit today. In the past few years of talking to you, we seem to have that lull in summer, and we always seem to be surprised that we get a lull in summer, and then activity, both services and sometimes manufacturing and retail picks up in the back half of the year. Is that in the playbook this year, or is it a wait-and-see kind of approach? Well, I, I have to agree. I think that services number was, was quite surprising, really, just in terms of the, the scope of the deceleration. Uh, you know, now the, the services yeah. sector is still operating in an expansion mode, but um, but – August marked the lowest level since February 2010, um, which was quite striking, knowing that the manufacturing index last week, um, you know, actually tipped back into a contraction state with a reading below 50. So, so what you've got going on now is you've got a manufacturing sector that has fallen back into contraction, and you have a non-manufacturing sector, which is slowing down considerably. Um, both those reports cover the month of August, which is obviously part of the third quarter. Uh, and I think it will, again, lend itself to the Fed uh, remaining you know, uh, reticent to, to pull the trigger on a rate hike in September uh, because this is a Fed that <laughs> for um, – 
for many reasons, uh, you know, wants certainty uh, in in a very uncertain world. You know, wants the certainty of the employment and the inflation data before it actually decides to go ahead and raise interest rates. And and what these reports suggest to us uh, is that that certainty has been diminished there as it relates to the strength of the services sector as well as the manufacturing sector. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, I saw a lot of mergers and acquisitions in your page one article this morning, Enbridge and Spectra, that's a big one, Donaher and Sethid, a little bit smaller, Bayer, will they or won't they be able to acquire Monsanto? Um, I personally like mergers and acquisitions because it tells me companies are looking at each other saying, we're not going out of business and we could use this company that complements us or doesn't complement us, we'll take their technology, we'll fire people, we'll make it work somehow. I like M&A. What's your thought on M&A? Well, uh, I think that uh, it, it, it can have some of that, exactly what you're talking about. Um, but I think also you, you kind of look at each deal separately, right? You know, uh, are they using stock? Or are they using cash? Um, I think right. you know, companies that use cash tend to be a little bit more confident in the synergistic values of the of the acquisition. Others that use stock might be able to do so simply because they have the currency and a higher stock price to do so. But um, uh, but in this environment where we're you know pricing power is difficult to obtain and and where revenue growth is difficult to achieve uh you know i think you're seeing m&a driven in part by uh in a, a desire to try and pick up market share through m&a because it can't be can't be done organically uh and that's a little concerning i think but uh but obviously when you have these m&a deals take place it does often tend to lead to job losses uh as cost cutting is usually a uh you know one of the leading features of a of a of a transaction like that. So, um, so I'm, I'm kind of like on the fence here with M&A activity uh, at, in, at this particular point in time, just knowing that it has been difficult to, to really drive the top line. I think you're seeing in a world where there's a lot of excess capacity, companies trying to take out that capacity uh, and trying to pick up market share through acquisition activity as opposed to being able to achieve it organically. I've taken up the first seven or eight minutes of the interview. I'll give you the last two. Anything you want to talk about that you're working on that you think is important for our listeners? Um, well, I you know, mentioned at the top of the hour you have the uh, ECB meeting uh, out here on Thursday. Uh, it's the first of three important meetings this this month. And uh, so, uh, you know, I'm going to be watching that. I'm going to see what the ECB has to say. I don't really expect the ECB to do anything uh, this this month, but I'll be curious to see how the the currency reacts to uh, to what the ECB does or does not do. And, and I think you're going to see uh, a pickup in currency volatility here in the coming weeks that uh, could create some excitement for the capital markets uh, as this interest rate differential trade uh, starts to filter through things here. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. comes to us every Tuesday at 7.30 Pacific time. I replay it at 8.30. I also cut it up and put it on the website uh, of Facebook under my, my Cron4 webpage called Cron4 Rob Black. I send the interview to Briefing. So if you get on their Twitter page, uh, their Twitter account, you can see, hear the interview 24-7-365 after I submit it to them. Uh, I think Patrick does a great job of very concise and very informative information about where the markets are and where they're going in the future. Um, pretty smart guy, and he helps eliminate some of the risk of, of not being educated on the issues. You don't have to be right. You just have to be educated, and then even if your trade slips on you or your investment doesn't work out, 
you based it on the right things. So check them out at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. And don't forget, I have an event coming up at the Four Points by Sheraton in San Rafael this Saturday. More information for your retirement and wealth planning event with CFP Chad Burton discussing retirement issues. Very complicated, uh, which accounts to draw from what you can do to maximize Social Security benefits, how to reduce risk, low interest rate environments, dividend stocks, dividend aristocrats. They've been huge winners last year. What will be the huge winners this year? I'll discuss it at... The event in San Rafael, the Four Points by Sheraton San Rafael. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 